I'm Joe Haddo and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Long Listees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakston's Old Peculiar, WH Smith and The Express. Today I'm joined by a best-selling author who has published 10 adult and young adult thrillers. She worked as a criminal justice social worker before becoming a writer and has previously been longlisted for the Theakston Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year back in 2014 for The Cry. She's here to talk about her latest novel, Worst Case Scenario. Welcome to you, Helen Fitzgerald. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. I love the way that you have positioned yourself behind uh, or in front of, should I say, your bookshelf. I know. Well, my publisher will be very happy with me. This is my <laughs> ego wall. <laughs> the ego wall. Yeah, very yeah. good. Everyone needs one. Every author yeah. needs one. <laughs> uh, where do we talk to you today? So I'm in my office in Glasgow, which uh, I haven't been in for the whole lockdown, actually, because my son has been home studying his uh, second year philosophy exam. So he's taken over the office, but I've been granted use of it for this. Um, (laughs) It's beautiful and sunny outside. Our street is still pretty quiet, but I've noticed that a lot of people outside the last few days, despite um, Scotland taking a different tack. Mm. Because, of course, yes, you're up in in Glasgow, aren't you? Um, Yeah. by giving over your office space to your son, I assume that that means you haven't been writing that much in lockdown. No, well, I've actually just finished a book, Ash Mountain, which is out now on Kindle, but not has not been published on uh, paperback yet, sort right. of being delayed. Um, so I'd finished that a few weeks before lockdown, and I had decided uh, just to have a break. I always have a break between, um, but this time really I also because I didn't have any ideas. So I was kind of dedicating some time to health and household because I'd been a bit of a hermit um, writing those last two books um, and then this happened. So health and household was the perfect thing to be uh, to be doing, but it's not helping me with the hermit problem. No, no. no. Fair enough. But health and household, I like that as a term. Mm. That's I think you've coined a new sort of uh, phrase yeah. there, a new hashtag probably. Yeah, um, mind you that my enthusiasm for that lasted about two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah. Health, health is overrated. Yeah. Snacking, snacking is where it's at. <laughs> snacking um, is totally where it's at. I'm doing that all day. In fact, I'm sipping my coffee just now. Um, while you do that, I want to talk about um, this brilliant novel that, as I say, has been longlisted for uh, this award. And uh, it's a book about an unhealthy obsession. So can you tell us a little bit more about your story and about Mary and Liam? Yeah, worst case scenario, uh, the main character is Mary Shields and she's 52, menopausal, and is just about to leave the job. So she's kind of at a dangerous time really in her career because she's really, really (laughs) full of rage and has no filter. And it's very difficult working with offenders and working in social work when you're you know, when you're like that, you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to say, shut up, <laughs> you know, but that's what she wants to say to everybody. So basically it's about her and her very last case, which is a case about Liam McDowell, who is uh, getting out of prison, having spent 10 years in prison for murdering his wife. And while in prison, he has um, written a book called uh, Cuck, Letters to My Dead Wife. And it's basically letters that he wrote to his wife while he was in prison. So this is the last case that menopausal feminist Mary has. And she she just hates his guts because he's very lovely. I mean, he's very uh, compelling character. He's good looking. She finds it hard not to be kind of attracted to him in a way, um, not sexually, but just, you know, as a person. 
But uh, it's all about the sort of between her and him and her caseload just... We call it in work, you know, you go into work some days and someone say, don't go near such and such. They've got three cases of blowing, you know. So basically this is a book about three cases that have blown up. Um, and in social work that means that just really dangerous things are happening. Mm. But both of those characters must have been really fun to write, I imagine, for you. Yeah, well, Mary, I wrote, actually, I have dipped in and out of social work. I've been really lucky because I go a little crazy writing full time from home. And um, I always sort of look forward to, you know, having a job. And I've gone back three or four times in my career. Um, and yeah, I was just, I, I decided this time, though, that I, le I left work and that I wasn't probably going to go back because I just thought, no, I'm, if I went back to social work, it would be in a different sort of role, one that's not as difficult when I'm writing as well. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun to be able to write about the job properly for the first time since my first attempt really in the very first book, Dead Lovely. Um, and I kind of just let myself go for it and imagined, you know, writing things that uh, about a, a sort of unprofessional social worker. I would never have been able to do that if I was still in the job. Um, so, yeah, she was really fun. In fact, I started a book about six months earlier and it was just a, a psychological thriller. It was kind of similar to some books I've written before in terms of the, you know, structure and so forth and the, and the tone. And in this one, in sort of halfway through the book, I introduced, and this is when I decided to leave. It was probably the day I decided to leave social work. I kind of wrote, you know, this woman walks into a home interview. She's assessing Liam and whether he should be allowed to go and stay at his daughter's house. And... Um, yeah, so I was, uh, oh, God, I've completely lost the thread of what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have. I've completely lost the thread of what I was saying. Well, that I happens mean, to me a lot now since menopause. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were just discussing that, that there's, oh, it's, there's, it's a fun thing. for You know, I, I assume the characters were fun. Yeah. Because... Oh, I know. Yeah. You've made them those. That's right. I was saying that I was halfway through another book and I wrote a scene with this one character, Mary, and she walks in to do this home interview and she's got all these complaint uh, letters in a bag just ready to give out. She's like, screw it, you know, I'm, you know just complain. <laughs> you know, it takes ages to anyway. Nothing will help happen with it. And I wrote this scene and I thought, oh, I'm scrapping the whole rest of the book. In fact, the rest of the book was really... Holly was the main character. It was really about the daughter of this guy who's coming out of prison. And I just changed that because I thought now I can write about her and it was fun. As soon as I wrote Mary, it was like, yes, this is fun and funny and it's cheering me up. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really good fun to write. Liam was fun to write. I did a lot of research on alt-right movements and, um, you know, the the term cuck and all that sort of thing and the yeah. men's rights activists. And that was interesting rather than fun. But... Um, yeah, I always love it when you get to delve into a subject when you write a book, and that was one of the big ones with this. Your books are, are often quite dark, or certainly they revolve around dark subjects, but in the case of worst-case scenario, there's a sort of gallows humour to it, and I just wondered how you tackled striking the balance. So that's, I never try to do that. So that just came out in the character. And I don't think I ever would say that I write comedy. I think I write, you know, good drama and hopefully usually family drama, really. Um, and if the characters are funny, then it becomes funny. And I know a lot. I'm drawn to funny people. You know, in my life, I don't sort of hang out with people who don't make me laugh. So when I've got to spend a year with characters in a book, I need at least a couple of them to make me laugh. Um, but more than that, the, the world of worst-case scenario, Glasgow, 
Glasgow social work is hilarious. Uh, Glaswegians, <laughs> you know, the currency is humour. You know, you can I can't impress any of my social work friends with, you know, having written books and all this stuff. They're like, uh-huh, whatever, but what is your chat? You know, it's all about the joke, the story. Um, so the job gave me so much from that point of view and the humour just is natural. I don't think any of the social workers who read it found it difficult that there was humour in it because there just is. Mm. No, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. And, of course, in tough jobs, often people will say that, that it's the humour and the colleagues that, that get them through it every day as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Australians and Scots are dark like that anyway. Yeah. You know, there, there's a humour. Some of the things Aussies say, you know, are pretty dark. And, you know, and we first, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but, you know, there's a lot of swearing involved in the things, I was, examples I was going to give. But, yeah, um, yeah, it just is the humour, I think, in, in Scotland and in Australia. Yeah. Are you, do you think you're drawn to, to dark stories? Well, you know, people have asked me this all along and for a long time I've been really defensive and said, no, I don't, you know, what's weird about what I write? Then I <laughs> realised, no, I'm weird. <laughs> I think maybe, <laughs> maybe it's kind of depression that's drawn me into these stories, you know, that negative way of thinking that, I, you know, if you have depression you can just go there. So... I don't know how good writing has actually been for my mental health because I do delve into those sort of um, areas. Mm. Um, so I think there's a, an element of the darkness coming from that, coming from a mental health problem. Sure, um, sure. And But also I've always just found it really fascinating. I've always been drawn to, to crime and criminals and wanted to know the story behind everything that happens, you know, in my little town, the stuff that was going on. And there was a lot of crime going on in my little town. Uh, I was always really fascinated with the bad guy and wanted to know more about them and why has this happened? Why is this person you know, behaving in this way. Um, mm. So it's just, it's been very natural, actually, that I write crime because I wanted to work in it, you know, I grew up in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. um, so it's actually just a natural thing for me, I think. Um, turning to this fabulous long list that we have this year, um, have you read any of the other books on it? And if so, do you have a, a favourite? Oh, I've read um, Will Carver, Nothing Important Happened Today. Wow, can that guy write. He just <laughs> blows you away. He's a brilliant writer. So dark. If you want to get the, the, you know, the king of dark, I think, has to go to Will Carver. Um, Alex North, The Whisper Man. Oh, my mm. God. I listened to that on Audible, actually. I've been listening rather than reading during this period because it's nice because you can sort of potter around at the same time. But, um I think his is read by Christopher Eccleston, isn't it? And it's just yeah. absolutely the tone of um, Alex North. He is such a good writer. I mean, every single the tone that he gives. I was terrified the whole way through, and that's really hard to achieve. Um, I've read Conviction, Denise Minor. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> She's so brilliant. I love her. Um, so yeah, I think those are um, the only ones I've read on the list so far. But I'm going to make my way through because wow. Well, yeah, I mean, those, those are, that's a pretty good start. And, and mm. you know, you've got, got a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of other great books to come uh, if you're going to work your way through this list. Yeah, absolutely. What a list and, to be on. Wow. Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, how, how did it feel when you heard that you were on, on the well, list? I, well, um, I wasn't even thinking about the um, feastings, actually, because I've given up on hope. <laughs> over the last 10 years um so I wasn't even on my mind when my publisher said I've got some good news I'm like what could that be and then I realized oh oh I mean I was I'm blown away um Harrogate has just been one of the biggest parts of my 
working life, really. The first time I went there, I'll never forget what the buzz I felt from mm. it, you know. Um, and, yeah, it's a huge honour to um, that people have liked the book and the people who have liked the book are people who I think are just brilliant writers. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's an incredible honour. I'm really thrilled. Your husband is a, a writer too, isn't he? And I just wondered if you, if you sort of shared a space and if it was a collaborative thing or if you were just completely separate and you never discussed your work while you were in the middle of it? Yeah, no, we wouldn't have a marriage, I don't think, if we didn't didn't discuss it. That's what we have. <laughs> no, no, we've got a lot of other stuff as well. But, no, I mean, opposite me here, I've got two desks, one opposite the other, and uh, it depends what stage we're at, you know, in terms of writing. But we talk about our uh, writing every single day uh, together. And, in fact, whenever, we're, you know, someone will get a good review, for example, and someone says, oh, I love that scene, we'll be outside, and he'll say, is that my idea? And I'd be like, oh, maybe it was your idea. We're always not sure because most of our ideas have come up from a discussion that we have together or a lot of it anyway. We talk it through with the latest book I wrote and worst case scenario, I wasn't feeling well. You know, I was really struggling. And Serge would uh, read every single, I'd, I'd, you know, batter out, you know, a scene with Mary and then what is this, is this worth going on? And he would read it out loud to me, kind of perform it. And I'd think, oh, that sounds okay. All right. I'll do. <laughs> so, I mean, the amount of help he gave me in these last two bit books, you can't imagine. I, in fact, I don't think I would have finished, finished these books without him. That's great, isn't it? What a lovely thing to have, you know, because mm. there's, I've heard a lot of other stories of, uh, of couples who are just like no we yeah. don't you know well we, we've we've thought about co-writing a few times and we always decide not to because unofficially we do anyway um mm. and we just haven't tried that yet so i don't know maybe we will one day but it's working this way for yeah me if, and if for it's him too. at the moment like it is yeah. then that's great isn't it yeah yeah um, just before you go I, I wanted to end by asking you you know you've already mentioned the first time you went to Harrogate and what that meant to you. And obviously we're, we're all missing being there this July when we can stand out, you know, outside the hotel in the sun and having a couple of drinks. It's, it's very sad not to be there. Uh, but what does the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award mean to you? Oh, it means um, that oh, just being part of the community, aside from the award, but the, the community of crime writing, which is kind of represented by by uh, Harrogate is uh, means everything to me. There's been a couple of years I've been sort of threatened of taking off like, by publishers of taking off the crime shelf and put on fiction shelf because my books have always been a bit you know hard to define or some mm. of them, and I've fought hard not to. So I, don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll just put a crime in my book just so I can go <laughs> to Harrogate. You know, I I absolutely love it. It means everything to me. For us writers in our rooms all year, those sort of those events punctuating the year where you get a chance to meet up with your pals. And we've all been friends, you know, for so many years and it's so uh, supportive. Everyone says this. I know it gets a little tiring, but it's really true. It's really true that without that community and without the festival, I don't think I would have kept going at certain points. You know, you've actually got at some, when your career is really on a low, you need those things to, to spur you on. They really have with me. Oh, that's really good to hear. And congratulations on the long list. It's, uh, it's great to have you on it and well-deserved as well. Worst Case Scenario by Helen Fitzgerald is out now. It's published by Arenda Books. And a reminder that you get to vote for the books that you'd like to see on the shortlist. And voting is open now. So uh, if you haven't read this book yet, why not purchase it from WH Smith? 
and you can read it, you can enjoy it, and you're able to vote at harrogatefeakstoncrimeaward.com. Helen, it's been lovely speaking to you, and thank you for uh, sharing some thoughts on the book and showing us your ego shelf. It's, uh, It's been really great. Thank you, it's been lovely.